Welcome to the Big Break Software Podcast. We'll be talking with software startup founders, software coaches, and consultants, and how they found their own software success. And now, let's get started with the show. Hi, everyone. This is Jordy Wardman here, host of the Big Break Software Podcast, where I talk to top leaders in the software field like Seth Godin, Andrew Warner of Mixergy, and many more. This is a show where we talk to proven founders about their zero to 30,000 MRR journey and beyond, and their biggest challenges during the first three phases of building their software. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by OneStop.io, which I co-founded after being in SaaS for nearly a decade. We have 45 developers waiting to take your idea to fruition if you want a reliable full-stack development team with top talent that costs half as much as in-house developers. And you can think of us as your outsourced CTOs. We've got 20 years of development, entrepreneur, and business experience to help keep your project from ending up in the software graveyard. We specialize in software as a service, software startups. Uh, you can contact us today at onestop.io so we can spec out your project today. Today, I have Mark Thompson, the co-founder of Pay Kickstart. He started building software, had some failures and successes before launching Pay Kickstart, a shopping cart and affiliate management software. Today, we'll talk to Mark about how he started Pay Kickstart and his zero to 30 journey to reach his software big break. How are you today, Mark? I'm good, Jordy. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure. Um, why don't you just tell me, give me a quick um, bit about yourself and who your customer is and what problem you're solving for your customer. Sure. So um, I've been an online entrepreneur for about 10 years now. Um, I've created various uh, software, mainly SaaS applications. Um, I've also done some information products that we've sold as well. Um, and so uh, Pay Kickstart has been kind of our main core business. Um, it was really built out of necessity. We were, as I mentioned, we have sold lots of different products over the years. And we felt that Many of the shopping carts and billing solutions out there were very archaic. They were not flexible. Um, they, weren't, they weren't adaptable to our business. And so we decided to build our own internal tool at the time to handle uh, selling our products and managing our affiliate partners. And so it kind of grew uh, and evolved over uh, about a year, year and a half um, of using the tool in-house to becoming something that we never really envisioned it. You know, we had people contacting us saying, Hey, you know, what, you know, what is this uh, really cool checkout page you had, or how'd you do this one click upsell or this order bump and all these different things that people noticed during the checkout experience of buying our products. And so it kind of got us thinking, well, what if we offer this to other vendors? And so we, we really cater to digital entrepreneurs, people who are selling software, SaaS solutions, um, people running membership sites, uh, online course creators, uh, coaches and consultants. That's really our sweet spot. Um, and so uh, we released to the public with an early beta about three and a half, four years ago now. Okay. And um, it's really evolved into kind of a full-fledged platform with really robust functionality to help remove the technical hurdles that come with managing billing, uh, recurring revenue, uh, and managing affiliate partners. Okay, great. Um, before I get into how you started um, Pay Kickstart, you mentioned that you had some other uh, software. It sounded like some of them were doing pretty well. 
Um, what was the reason that you you pivoted away from them, or did you sell them, or what? Tell me a little bit about the backstory of how how you went from having these other software to pay Kickstart. Yeah, so um, we we really have kind of two different companies. We have we have Pay Kickstart, and we have our sister company, which is Digital Kickstart, and that's what houses all of our other applications that we've built over the years. And so, um, so that one's still going. It's still yeah. So we okay. still run it. Um, okay. There are okay. 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 Yeah. So we've actually sold some of the apps in our portfolio. Um, some of the more profitable apps we've kept, we've maintained, we've continued to market. Um, and so that's kind of a separate business. So they still run, but I would say that our core focus and where the majority of our time, energy, resources goes towards Pay Kickstart now. Okay, great. Okay, that makes sense. Um, do you um, do you have plans to like grow like sort of a, a, a SaaS portfolio? I mean, expand that or is your focus, you're sort of letting that just sort of run itself um, and, and you're really going to focus on paying kickstart. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we've, we've learned over the years, it's, it's very hard to be the best in a space um, for even one product, let alone multiple products. Right, okay. So that's one of the reasons that we've really shifted our focus. And especially because, you know, since Pay Kickstart is a billing platform, it's an, it's an affiliate management platform, you know, we're, we're dealing with people's money, we're dealing with revenue, we need to make sure that our, our attention and focus is on the platform 100%. And, and the, it's a, it's our long-term vision. And so, you know, we, not to say that the other business runs on autopilot, but a lot of it does. We have a couple of people that'll manage that side of the business, make sure that uh, the products are maintained. Um, we still continue to add features to certain products in the portfolio, but yeah, I mean, in order to kind of play in the space, um, and, and be one of the best, uh, and kind of go mainstream, we really had to put a lot of our eggs in that basket. In pay Kickstart. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and we're also a bootstrap company. So the digital Kickstart business helped to fund the pay Kickstart business because we didn't have VC backed money. Um, everything was bootstrapped. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so what would you say your specific niche is though? I mean, if you're saying you want it to be the best, I mean, in my mind, there's, there's some big shopping carts out there. How are you differentiating yourself? Uh, and to say that you are the best in your space. So what exactly is your space and what's your plans to, to become the best? Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say we're, we're very similar to a Chargeify, Recurly, um, Chargebee. So we really focus on businesses with recurring revenue. That's mm -hmm. where uh, we feel our customers are going to get the most value out of our mm -hmm. platform. Um, where we differentiate from those other platforms I just mentioned, um, we have the affiliate management side of things as okay. well, which most of them don't. And then, you know, while a lot of those platforms focus mainly just on straight billing, we also have a whole bunch of tools that allow you to help maximize conversions, help minimize churn. So there's other things we do to help drive more revenue for your business. Okay, and say for example, um, a, um, someone like uh, a software company like myself, I've got one and using Braintree, um, we can just use just the affiliate part in some of the tools, right? So is that, is that how you're differentiating? You, you, you can just set, sort of break that off and use the affiliate management part only? Um, currently, no. So we're, it's not a standalone. So um, okay. the re one of the things, so you know, it's all kind of seamlessly integrated together. 
Um, but we, what we do is we make it super easy for people to get up and running. So like if you want to use Stripe, Braintree, Authorize.net, PayPal, um, you just connect your accounts. It takes no, no more than 30 seconds to connect your accounts. Okay. You create the products. We have lots of different checkout options um, available. Okay. And then you start selling the products and you can enable the affiliate program. Your affiliates can get their affiliate link. They can start to promote. We manage the, the um, you know, facilitating the payouts for their commissions. So everything is kind of seamlessly integrated. One thing we are going to look into in the future, it's kind of on our roadmap, but it's still kind of down the, the, the road a little bit, is to offer it as a standalone. But um, a lot of people that are looking for standalone, they, they use something like first promoter, but we really deal with, you know, businesses that want kind of one solution that can handle all of that. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, all right. So take me back to, um, the launching of your products. So you, you, you had revenues coming in. Um, you saw a problem. It sounded like, it sounded like you already had the solution. Uh, how did you spin it off into a product? What was involved with that? Yeah. So the, the first thing that we did was obviously we used it in house for about a full year, year and a half to really work out a lot of the bugs. So we were really the guinea pigs for our own. Did software. you have in mind when you were doing that, you, you were going to try and productize it? Um, you know, it, it was obviously in the back of our mind, but we didn't yeah. really know that it was going to evolve into what it is today. Um, at, at, at the, at the point, like our, our main point, our main pain was, you know, like all these solutions out there, they just don't, they're not, customizable enough for us to be able to sell different types of products. We had desktop tools, so we needed a built-in licensing engine. We had SaaS solutions. We had information products, so we needed to integrate with third-party membership solutions. So there were all these different pains that we had, and so we just built it based on what our, our challenges were. And then what we decided to do was bring on about 10 to, to 15 beta users who were interested in the, in the platform and wanted to use it for, for their own business. And so we brought them in, allowed them to use the platform, and we really just listened to everything that they had to say, all their advice, free, all their feedback. You brought them in and it was free? Um, it, was, it, was, it was free for a certain number of people. I'd say the first five or 10 people, it was free. And then once the, 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 you know, we really worked out the, the framework, the foundation of the platform, then we started to charge, but it was something really cheap. It was like 20 or 30 bucks a month. Um, and then, uh, yeah. And then, and one of the reasons we didn't want to do it for free was we wanted to have, we wanted people to have skin in the game, right? I feel like when people, when people get a free product, they tend not to even use it because it's free, right? So we wanted to at least charge them something where they feel like they're, you know, there's, they're, they're invested into the platform. They're giving us good feedback. And that was one of the things that we said to them say, Hey, we need your feedback. This is obviously in a beta um, stage. And so we want to get your feedback. And so that's what we started with for about, uh, six months or so. Okay. And we added some new features where we, you know, rearranged some of the the user interface to make it more uh, friendly. And then what we did was we released uh, to like the public, I would say to just our in-house email list. So obviously we had customers and subscribers from our sister company. So um, that was something that we were able to leverage. And that's what helped us to really build the first five or $10,000 in revenue in MRR was from our in-house list. Okay. So, so zero to five, zero to 5,000. Um, it sounds like the first six months you were really at like maybe like a couple hundred dollars, uh, MRR. Yeah. And, but at it was that just, point, you really beta though. And you're just like kind of every day, what do you think of this? Solving bugs or whatever, listening yep. to customers. Um, how did you find those customers? Was that pretty easy? 
because they were just coming over from, or yeah, did you that, have to kind of go out and build a landing page and kind of solicit? No, we didn't, we didn't have to build any landing page just because we know a lot of people in the space. We know other vendors. We've worked with so many affiliate partners and what's nice is a lot of affiliate partners, they, they sell their own products. So they're yeah. product creators as well. So okay. that, that part was relatively easy because okay. we've worked with affiliates in the past. Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, so so um, once you opened it up to to beta, what was your sort of growth strategy and and uh, like getting from five thousand to ten thousand? How was that journey? Yeah, so we started to work with affiliates. Uh, we okay. would drive people to webinars. We also had a free plus shipping offer that we used. So we actually sent them a, a, a package in the mail with books and also uh, accompanied with some digital downloads. And so what we did was inside of that free plus shipping offer, they, they got a 30 day free trial of pay kickstart included. So that coupled with a, uh, a high ticket webinar, we did a thousand dollar webinar where you get pay kickstart for a full year as well as some additional bonuses. So we worked with affiliate partners um, to drive traffic, to fill seats for that webinar, and we sold that as a high ticket. Okay, so the webinar, so, so people were paying a thousand just for the webinar, or if they were, they were or was it the course after the webinar? No, that, that was for the offer on, on the webinar, okay. which was a, a, a full year of our ah, premium okay, yeah. plan, plus bonuses as well. Okay, so, so it sounds to me like they, um, you funded the MVP really from the revenues from your other business. Is that right? Or, or that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And about how much, how much development was involved in that product? Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even, that's a great question. Um, I need to go back and look, but, um, about, are we talking like a 5,000 MVP or we're we talking about more like 25 or, no, I mean, it was like, I don't know, 50 to 100. Okay, um, so it was pretty It was pretty good. Like, you guys were like, you're, you're kind of throwing down for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it's hard to create a billing platform for five grand. I mean, it. I don't know. I mean, I, unless it's just bare bones, like it'll handle a Stripe and PayPal integration and you have one checkout page. But we, as I mentioned, you know, we, we, need, we built certain functionality just for ourselves because we needed it. So yeah. it was just, it was out of necessity is one of the reasons that we funded it like that. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, it's good because it sounds like you needed this. So the, it's not, it's some of the risk is offset because you, you're using it for yourself or your sister right. company. Right. So, yeah. so some of it is offset. Um, when did you feel like, um, when did you feel like, uh, like, okay, this is, this is something that that's definitely going to work. Like, that started and people you were getting good feedback at what point and what was the sort of realization what caused that realization um that's a good question i mean you know we kind of had a few different aha moments where we feel like we're heading in the right direction i feel like after each phase like after the beta phase we felt we were heading in the right direction once we started to promote it to our internal email list and started to get more feedback we felt pretty good. I would say it wasn't until about a year and a half or two years later when it was officially open to the public that we felt like we kind of broke through. Um, and one of the reasons that I feel that it, it was like it, it took that long was because, you know, we were a new kid on the block. And when you're dealing with people's shopping carts, getting people to switch shopping carts is not an easy thing to do. People are, you know, creatures of, of habit. They don't like yeah. change. And especially when it comes to a billing platform, they don't like change. And so um, it, it took uh, it took some time for us to build 
brand recognition and trust and people that, you know, are really trusting us with their business. And so it took yeah. a little while to, before we got all those case studies that social proof people organically talking about us. So, so what, what would take me back? What would be the pitch then to get someone to switch from, from their traditional, whatever shopping cart to, to switch yours? Cause that does sound like kind of a hard sell. It, it can be. Yeah. So it, it depends, right? It depends on, on who you're talking to because we have different segments uh, in our, in our business. So one segment is a SaaS company and challenges for a SaaS company are a little bit different than challenges for someone running a membership site or a coach or consultant. So it depends on who it is that we were talking to for SaaS companies. They, they love having the, the flexible API to be able to do custom, you know, checkout experience, custom bill, um, billing, that kind of fun stuff for someone running a membership site. They want to be able to accept PayPal Stripe. Um, they also want to have a seamless integration with a membership uh, service like Wishlist, Kajabi, um, you know, optimized member. Um, so having those things as well, one click upsells, um, having the affiliate management side of things is really important for uh, people running membership sites. Whereas with the SaaS companies, most SaaS companies, they're more focused on the billing side of things and not the affiliate side. So it depends on who it is that we're talking to. And one, one way that we were able to kind of address each of those segments was we created landing pages for mm -hmm. each of those segments. So if you're a SaaS company, we have a landing page that talks about how pay kickstart is, can be tailored for a SaaS company or can be tailored for a membership site. So uh, that's how we kind of approached it. And, and most of the traffic that you're driving at that time was, was coming from the affiliates. Would you say that was sort of the 80% of, of what you were doing? Was there any content management strategy going on at the same time? Did you do any paid traffic? There, there was, so uh, we, we did not do any paid traffic. I think we may have been running some retargeting ads, but yeah. very little. Uh, I think, you know, our budget was maybe, you know, a couple thousand bucks a month just to, just to keep our ads in, in front of people that have been to our website. But um, the majority of it was either free, free or organic, which I guess organic isn't technically free, but we had a, a long-term strategy kind of a, a, an SEO strategy for our blog content. So we, and we still, to this day, we write about three blog posts uh, a week. And so we've been able to generate some, uh, some long tail traffic from our blog, but that took, that was more of our long-term play. Took yeah. us at least six months to a year until we started to get some significant uh, traffic. But now that traffic is our number one revenue generator and number one way that we generate new signups. Really? Okay. SEO. That's interesting. Did you have an SEO background? Uh, I did. Yeah. That's kind of how I got started in internet marketing was uh, I worked with local businesses with search engine optimization. That was kind of okay. my, my first passion until I uh, learned about how to you know build a software company. So yes, SEO has been kind of my, my long-term passion, although I haven't really kept up with the times, but really the, the, the foundation and the basics of SEO, they really haven't changed that much. Well, I mean, since, since you're an expert, I, I got to dive in and just touch on that. What sort of strategy do you like to, to use? I'll, I'll just to give you an example, I'm, I'm trying the, you know, like cluster pillars. So you write like a really long pillar and then some cluster yeah. articles around it. Is, is that a good strategy or is that one that you like or tell me about yours? 
It is. Um, you know, I, I, I try not to get too technical with SEO. Yeah. Uh, as long as you're providing good content, um, of course, we, we still do some long tail keyword research. So whenever we write an article, we try to focus on one keyword for that particular article to try to get it to rank. And we're not trying to go for a very broad term, just something more long tail, something that's three or four keywords long. Um, but in terms like of of like getting uh, links, external links. Really what our main focus is just doing guest posting, doing things like okay. this podcast interview. Okay. Um, that's really the, the long and the short of it is. Yeah. And really, as you start to build brand recognition, you're gonna start to get more opportunities with larger websites to link to you. So a lot of it, in my opinion, is building your personal authority because the links are gonna, it's just a byproduct of building yeah. the authorities, building quality the, content. And just curious, what, what sort of volume do you like to go for when you look for, uh, do you have some guidelines on that? Volume for I, keywords? I, oh, you mean, oh, for key, keyword yeah, like, Do you like going for like 300 or are you like minimum? It's got to be a minimum of 1,000. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I mean, usually a couple thousand. Um, but, okay. you know, we've, it, it depends, right? I mean, if there's a keyword that has a lot of buyer intent to it, yeah. I mean, I'll go after something with three or 500 key, uh, searches a month. Um, and, and one thing you'll notice is, you know, just because that one key phrase has 300 searches a month, there's different variations of that key phrase. Yeah. So in aggregate, it could be thousands. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so that's, so that's, um, so right now your main is, is SEO and the affiliates. And is that basically got, is, is it been, is it been pretty steady or, or has what, have there been challenges, uh, you know, along the way? And if, what were the challenges? Um, yeah, it's been steady. I mean, it's, it's been cont uh, continuously uh, going up. It's been gradual. Um, I'd say our biggest challenges, at least over the last year or so have, has been churn. So just people canceling. So what we've been doing over the last year has really, th that's really what we focused on. We haven't really, everybody always loves to focus on traffic. Everybody always wants more traffic. And, and for whatever yeah. reason, that's, that's one of the biggest misconceptions that business owners have is that I need more traffic. And you know, what, what we've been focused on is how do we get people that come to our website to, you know, how do we get them to convert and sign up for a free trial? And then from a free trial, how do we get them to become a paying customer? And then from a paying customer, how do we get them to churn less and, and, and not want to cancel? So that's been our main focus. And so we've gone through and we've revamped the website. We've revamped the, um, the sign-up flow. We've revamped the in-app onboarding experience to get people to first value as quickly as possible. So they see the value, they want to stay. Um, and so all of those things, that's been really our main focus. We, I mean, yes, we're doing some traffic initiatives, but I mean, the, our primary focus is, is getting people to stay because increasing once, conversions with the traffic that you've already got coming exactly because yeah. once you can do that that's when you can leverage yeah. more traffic instead of wasting money on paid that ads sounds, and all yeah. that stuff you know yeah that sounds like a great plan and yeah. and you're not spending that much because you, you've got as you say you're you're working on your your content strategies and your affiliate um you're, you're still running big offers with your affiliates is that like a constant outreach or you just sort of re uh, like once a quarter, go back and, and revisit the affiliate and do different offers. Um, yeah, we, so it, it was. We used our webinars more in the very beginning. Um, we're doing more like t uh, actually just yesterday. We just started something called the Two X Challenge. So 
the, the, it's a 30 day challenge. And our goal with this challenge is to help you double your sales with the existing traffic and customers that you currently have. So really what, what we're just talking about. So I've wrapped it into a course. And so it's training, but then obviously we integrate the pay kickstart platform to show you how to automate a lot of what it is that we're going to teach you. So um, we're doing those tend to work much better, like our free plus shipping offer and this challenge, at least just from the early numbers tend to be the, one of the better ways to introduce people to the product. Um, you know, one thing we've noticed is if, if you, if you have affiliates driving traffic to uh, like uh, a, a subscription based offer, the conversions tend to be much lower. So what we like to do is get people into some sort of a funnel or an offer that is a one-time payment. So like the two X challenge is a one-time payment of a hundred dollars. And so what our goal is over the next 30 days is to drip out content and action steps for you to take in order to generate more revenue for your business. And in doing all of that, we're providing value as well as uh, educating people on pay kickstart. So it's more of a soft sell and it's kind of a natural kind of discussion where it's say, Hey, well, you know, one click upsells have proven to increase conversions by about 30%. Here's some case studies that show that, Oh, by the way, you know, the platform that we use, which is pay kickstart, we own it. Um, one click upsells are out of the box. You don't have to add any yeah. type of custom functionality. You don't need to hire a developer. So that's kind of how we naturally kind of introduce the product into um, the, the challenge that we're doing right now. And what could be some examples of, of uh, if you got SaaS companies that are doing what one click upsells? Cause I, I'm thinking that's a, um, that's more of like kind of a, um, a digital product uh, platform, but what would a set, what, what kind of examples could a, a SaaS company do for upsells? Um, it could be, you know, add-ons. So they could do like a, a, you know, like, like an intercom, right? They have a thousand different add-ons that you can add to your order. So after you signed up, you could send them to uh, an upsell page where they can add something onto their order. Um, and, and I would say most of the traditional SaaS companies, they probably don't leverage one-click upsells as much because the, they're, it's a different business model. They're yeah. after, they're after long-term recurring growth. Whereas, you know, someone who has more of a, you know, internet marketing type of sales funnel, you might have two, three upsells because what you're trying to do is increase the initial cart value from that customer. Um, and so while you may be, uh, and so one good example would be, you know, a tripwire offer for 17 bucks one time. And then on the back end, on that first upsell, you say, Hey, sign up for whatever it is, 29 bucks a month. They click one time It already has their billing details um, yeah. uh, attached to it and they can add it to their, to the sales funnel. All right. So, so break me down um, some, some of your best conversion tactics that you've been using. Like, oh, let's take, for example, this two, 2x your your um, your sales in 30 days. What are some of the thing, some of the tips that you're giving your um, users? Yeah, so some of them are conversion related. Other times it's about retention. So uh, from a conversion standpoint, things like uh, one click upsells, um, order bumps, which is really just a form of an upsell, uh, yeah. cart cart abandonment. So when someone puts in their email address on the checkout page, but they they don't complete the purchase. Um, we, we send them a follow-up sequence to go and complete their order. Um, and then, uh, just, 
also things on the actual checkout page. So certain elements on the checkout page, making sure that you offer multiple forms of payment methods, not just credit card, but things like PayPal, things like wire transfer, um, making sure you have your money back guarantee, testimonials, all sorts of things like that on the in actual the checkout. Okay. I'm sorry? In the cart, you're saying in the cart just to have like case studies or testimonials inside. Yeah, the just cart. little snippets, little snippets yeah. help. Um, so those are some things on on the conversion side. On the retention side, um, where we've just implemented this uh, cancellation saver sequence, which when someone is looking to cancel their subscription, we present them with a uh, a modal that says like, "What's your reason for canceling? Is it price?" Is it, you know, you're, you're looking to use another product? Is it missing functionality? And once we can identify why it is that they want to leave, we can then send them to another screen that says, well, hey, you know, oh, cost is an issue. Well, why don't you choose one of our lower tier plans or switch to the annual pricing? You're, you're going to receive 20% off. Or like if the reason is they're miss, it's missing functionality, well, you could fire up a, a live chat and say, hey, you know, nine, nine times out of 10, our, our product can do what you're looking to do. You just may not know about it yet. Talk to our customer service team and we'll help you out. So it's really about overcoming the objections and helping to save the sale. So that's one thing that, um, is that, that something that your product does or how did you handle that? You handle yeah, that, so, that. Uh, so, so, uh, it, it is. So yes and no. So, uh, we, we built this into our own, our own, uh, internal, like in the pay kickstart, but yeah. not into the platform for other vendors to use. And so it, it works so well that we built it into pay kickstart. So now we're going to be releasing it in the next week or two, probably when you're watching this podcast, it'll be live. Okay. And so everyone who had, you know, who, you know, is using subscriptions, recurring revenue, yeah. whenever someone's looking to cancel, you can take people through this retention flow and help to save the sales. And so we save about 30% of the sales um, or of the cancellations. So that's so that really I mean, churn. So you're like, what has that done to your churn? What was your churn before? Like what? Um, it was, it was crazy. Like, high. So we, like we 15 cut it. Or 15% or what? Well, it, it's, it started at around 20, which that's, that was okay. over a year ago when, you know, we realized. Like that what were they churning at too? Like what was the at lifetime sort of, uh, was it three, four months average? Like what was, uh, oh, you yeah. know, like once you got past four months, they would stay or like, what was, what was yeah, the, the journey, customer journey? The average person was staying about five months. So, okay. um, and so what we've done is we've, we've cut that, um, even we're, we're right around, uh, around 6% now okay. and we want to get it down to 20 to six. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, obviously this has been something that we've been, so what we've done is we've tested all these different things on how we can minimize churn. And then yeah. we've started to add them into the platform. So another, another feature that we've, we're pushing into the platform next week is the in-app dunning and notifications. So when someone's credit card fails or their payment fails, they see an in-app notification, Hey, your payment method failed. Um, go and update your billing details. So for the longest time, we've had a dunning sequence where we email the customer saying, hey, go and update your billing details. But now we've added it in, in app, which has helped to minimize um, failed payments and obviously minimize churn. Yeah, okay. And um, what, how are you testing it? Is it? Are you actually split testing or you just, you just like make a feature live and then you just sort of... Uh, monitor the stats on it or what how are you what's the best um way that you have found to test that test features so, like that 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of the features that we've implemented, they've been strategic. So we're in a couple different uh, mastermind groups with other SaaS entrepreneurs. So mm -hmm. we've heard of like the concepts that people are using to minimize churn. Um, okay. And so we've taken those concepts and we've figured out ways to automate it for vendors to be able to just click a few buttons and then have it live on their website. So they don't have to go through what we had to do, which was kind of custom develop this, this stuff. Yeah. So that, a lot of it has been based off of some of our mastermind groups, as well as just doing some, some of our own testing ourselves. But we, we haven't necessarily done a ton of split testing. I mean, yes, we've tested like, you know, like main headlines, um, but a lot of it's just like testing out, Hey, does this work? Is this, is this helping to move the needle? If it is, yeah. then it's something we can roll out to our vendors. What was some, some of the things that moved the, the needle the most? Yeah. It, Bringing really it from 20. Like what, is there one thing that brought it from 20 to 10 or talk to me about bringing from 20 down to, to six? The, the biggest thing was probably our onboarding. So when someone, when someone signs up, we had to really study and figure out like, what are the, what are the main things that the customer needs to do or the vendor needs to use, do in order to get value out of the product? And so what, when people get value out of our product, that means that they have a product live and they're starting to accept payments. So, you know, we had to make sure they connect their payment gateway. They needed to create a product. They needed to customize that product. They needed to put the checkout links onto their, their checkout pages. So what we've done is in that uh, onboarding experience, they can, you know, walk through step by step. And after they've completed the, uh, the, the step, they'll see a little check mark. So everything's very, it's a visual wizard that they walk through and just holds their hand. Um, because one thing we realized before the onboarding was that people were just confused. They didn't, they'd come inside the, the, the platform and they wouldn't know like where too to go. Overwhelmed. Too overwhelmed. They were overwhelmed. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a lot that you can do. I mean, there's, it's a, it's a very powerful platform. There's a lot of functionality and there's different ways that you can go. So the onboarding helps to keep people focused and get people to take the key steps that we need them to take to get to value. Okay, so so you're getting people through the onboarding. How much of that is done uh, manually and how much is done automatically? So, uh, well, it's, it's all automated, but the onboard, onboarding experience was created custom. So we built that from scratch ourselves. Um, and so there's, you can either do it yourself or you can use something like WalkBee, uh, which is a platform that allows you to, you just point and click and, and you can build out the experience without uh, any developers or designers. Um, the, what we found was they were very, very expensive. So mm -hmm. we felt, you know, instead of paying, you know, 300, 500, $1,000 a month for a, an onboarding solution, we just decided we have our own in-house designers and developers and we were going to build that ourselves. So you have no, like at no point you're giving like one-to-one -one demos or anything like that. We, we do, we do have an option to book a demo. We, um, we created a demo page that has a, a self-serve option. So you can mm -hmm. watch videos okay. at your own leisure or you can book a one-on-one -on -one call with one of our customer success people. And so we do that and that has definitely helped as well. Um, another thing we're actually looking to do, once we increase our price points, our prices have been relatively low, um, and we're actually in the process uh, over the next, I think in th uh, two weeks now, we're going to be increasing the prices significantly. So we're what we're trying to do is increase our, our, uh, our, our average value per customer, and we're, once we can do that, then that'll open the doors to offer more one-on-one -on -one, uh, customer service. So once that's done, 
We're going to be implementing the ability to talk to an onboarding person uh, from our team, and they can personally walk you through that onboarding experience just to help you get to that first value um, and, and answer any questions on the call. Okay. And, and the people that are already in, are they going to be grandfathered or are the price going up for them as well? So, uh, yeah. So there's uh, anyone, who has, anyone who has signed up already, they'll be grandfathered into that plan for as long as they want that, you know, that plan. Um, and then after, once we switch to the new pricing, then, um, you know, you'll, you'll have to sign up from that pricing. So, but anyone who has signed up now or in the next couple of weeks, kind of hint, hint, um, <laughs> um, you'll, you'll be we'll trying to rush this one out for you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Um, um, it's, it sounds like it's, uh, been, been a kind of a smooth journey for you would you would you say i mean what there must have been some challenges talk to me about some of the big challenges like were there any sort of like times that you're like you know that if there was plateau in in revenues or anything like that and how you came over them yeah i mean there's been challenges every single day for years i mean that's just yeah. that's just the the nature of running a SaaS company and, and so especially in today's environment, there's more competitors than ever before, right? It's much easier to start a startup. Um, yeah. and, and so you can do it on a relatively low budget. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's been all sorts of challenges and, and at different phases of our growth, we've seen different challenges, right? So like I just talked about our churn challenge and we worked on that for yeah. about a year before we even got it something down to that was manageable. Um, you know, we have people all the time saying, Hey, I want this feature. I want that feature. And so as your platform grows, you have more and more people saying, Oh, you know, well, I would love to use your platform, but I need this feature. I need that. And so, you know, it's, it's a lot of, it's like, how do I prioritize this? And how yeah. do I make sure that, you know, when we do implement new features, how do we make sure that, uh, we're communicating those features to our customers so they get the most value out of them? And how do we make sure that we, um, don't jeopardize the, the core foundation of the platform so that there's bugs. And so, you know, making sure we're doing proper testing and QA. So, I mean, every day there's challenges. And, and as I mentioned, e from each stage of growth, there's different types of challenges. Tell me about how, how you handle differentiating yourselves between SaaS owners and digital product owners. And why have you not gone for one or the other? Because presumably the needs for a digital product owner are quite specific. And they're, they're, they're different than a SaaS owner. As you say, they need upsells and things like that, whereas a SaaS owner doesn't need that. And uh, how have you navigated the, between the two, um, the two markets? Yeah. So um, the first thing that we decided that we were not going to do is go after the physical um, product creators. So we're not a Shopify. We're not a Magento. Um, if you have, you know, more of like your, your add to cart, traditional shopping cart functionality, that's not really who we cater to. We cater to the digital seller. So that was one, that was kind of our main focus. But as you said, I mean, e even digital sellers is that's a large, uh, uh, you know, playground to be yeah. in. So, um, you know, when we first started, it actually started because we were kind of product creators ourselves. We were creating information products. We were creating different products, uh, software. So we, the, the platform kind of evolved to cater to both, to yeah. both SaaS and to, in, you know, information or digital product sellers because we were doing both. Um, and so I know, you know, if you talk to a lot of, you know, um, you know, SaaS gurus or people in the space, they always say you have to go over, go for one specific audience. 
Um, I, I mean, I think in my opinion, my opinion is a SaaS company and a membership company. Um, I mean, they, they need similar functionality, but I don't think there's any reason why we can't go after both. And I think, you know, we've, we've been able, I think, to accomplish that. Um, it's yeah. taken a couple of years to get there. Um, and so we went more of the long-term approach. Um, I think when you're just starting out though, I think what you're talking about is so important that in the very beginning, you go after one subgroup or one segment and be the best at that. But then at some point, you know, you're, you're, there's a good chance you're going to plateau or you're not, you're only going to be able to cater to so many people like SaaS companies. While there may be thousands of SaaS companies, that's really not that big of a space, yeah. you know? Um, and so with, with digital sellers, there's all different types of digital sellers, yeah, there's information, yeah. there's coaching, there's, so that's actually a much larger space and that's actually where we started. And then we kind of transitioned and, and focused more on SaaS. Okay, so you started to add it, add the SaaS after. So when you got started, you were just the digital products. It was, yeah, it was more digital, digital goods. But some of those people were were selling software. So yeah, yeah, okay. Um, we, we're getting close to the end of uh, of our agreed upon time. So I wanted to thank you uh, for your time. Um, is there anything uh, you can leave our users with um, that that can how they can find you or any action items that that you want to leave them with? Yeah. So um, obviously you can go to paykickstart.com and you can sign up for a, a free trial. Um, you know, because we're actually in the process of, I guess, depending on when you watch this, um, we have uh, our 2X challenge going on right now. Okay. We're going to be running it every month. So if you miss out on the first month or this, this week that we're, that people are signing up, you'll be able to get on the waiting list and you can join the next one. Um, so you go to uh, the 2xchallenge.com and it's a hundred bucks. It's for 30 days. And our goal is to help you get to being able to double your existing revenue within that 30 days. Um, it's, it's, it, we've put a lot of time and effort into it. I would love for you guys to join one of the future challenges if you're not able to join. I'm going to check it out for sure. I mean, a hundred bucks sounds like a no brainer, right? It's, it really is. And, and at the end of the day, obviously we, we would love for you guys to utilize our, our yeah. platform. But um, we've built the uh, the training in a way that even if you don't end up using our our, our platform, you're using something else. You're comfortable with it. It's, you're happy with it. It's fine for SaaS as well, obviously, right? SaaS, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's for really any any business that's focused on recurring revenue. Okay, excellent. And and to reach you, what's a good way to reach you on Twitter or where do you where do you hang out? Um, our biggest thing, our, our Facebook group. So okay. if you go to uh, Facebook and just type in pay kickstart, we have a SAS growth hacks or a, a subscription uh, growth hacks group. And we talk about just all types of things that we're talking about here as well as pay kickstart. So that's probably one of the best places to reach me. Okay, great. Okay. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Big Break Software Podcast with your host, Jordy Wardman. Be sure to click subscribe and check us out on the web. Keep listening and your software Big Break could be right around the corner. <music>